under a normal scenario, that would be the only amount that an artist would get. Now, that's a great amount and the person could live off, people could live off his life forever. But in this context, there is this recurring royalty. So it's really a, a way for artists to be able to continue to monetize the value of their work. And this is what I think is going to be a real disruptor in the music industry and in, uh, in other industries. Also, the fact that you can trace things. There have been so much, there have been so many unclaimed royalties because um, uh, houses cannot find the correct publishers or they don't know who the songwriters are anymore. So it's really going to be a wonderful way, I think, to use the blockchain to trace things so that artists do get their dues. And um, so I think this is really just the beginning of the technology and the, the capability that it has to disrupt businesses like the music industry. So we're only at the beginning of it, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. So back to you, Andy. Laura. Oops. Thank you, Laura. Um, so that that is really the end of the the process of the minting, sale, and resale of um, of the NFT. Uh, I you know I'm putting it back up here for a second, and I know we're at we're at our time. Um, so obviously people are going to have to jump, but I'm happy to um, try to um, answer a couple of more. We, we've answered some of the questions in the in the chat. Um, I don't know if if any of my our, our partners here have any of these particular. Um, questions they want to address, but I'll try scrolling through them um, for the ones we haven't uh, answered yet. Uh, one question from Rob is about uh, different blockchains. Are there differences between these blockchains from a legal perspective? Um, you know, it, obviously, you know, depending on how you interact with them, uh, there probably are in terms of your wallets. I'm not sure if Catherine or Pat have anything specific to say about that. I would say the reliability of the blockchain is um, something to take into consideration because if you're relying on the blockchain, right, as a backbone or um, some sort of framework for certain types of transactions, in some cases you'll be making either implied or express warranties to whoever you're transacting with about, you know, availability, about a certain assurances. So to the extent that the blockchain fails or there's some sort of um, you know, mess up essentially unlikely as it is, but really, you know, depends um, that could put you at legal liability um, to to various stakeholders that you might have engaged with. Thanks, Catherine. Um, I do have a question here from an unnamed guest. Two questions, actually. Is this one NFT or the sale of copies of the NFT to multiple buyers? We were just doing one NFT. Uh, the next question, and I, I would like to address this. The question was whether I was saying the terms of the auto-generated smart contract may conflict with the terms that are user-generated around the terms of sale. I guess what, what I was getting at is, you know, whether it's in your description of the NFT or in your marketing of the NFT or your sale, uh, if if what you're saying to the public and to the consumers does not accurately represent what you're actually selling, then you could be subjecting yourself to uh, uh, legal liability. And that's true in the case of NFTs. It's also true in the case of, you know, tickets to a sports game or anything else that you might be that you might be selling online or otherwise. Um, it applies in, in regular advertising, print advertising. This this is an area of law that's been around for a long time, but it is not going away because it's an area that in particular class action lawyers uh, lo love love to jump on um, to, to bring lawsuits. Um, 
let's see anything else i don't know if there catherine anything else you want to address here or should we turn it back over to john i think we've answered some of these questions in the box already uh tony had some questions uh, about agent and employees i think that relates to something you were talking about catherine <clears throat> um, let me find it was it 212? 212. Okay. Um, agent and issuer compared to employee. So, so to answer this question at high level, employees are deemed to be agents of their employer. Um, so the, they're in agents in that sense. So if the issuer of an NFT is an employee of a, a larger organization, um, <clears throat> if that employees acting within the scope of their employment, typically they would be deemed an agent of that organization. So, you know, it's always going to be an individual, you know, transacting these transactions, but in some cases they'll be deemed an agent of the organization. So for example, when Coca-Cola is listing their NFT, they're having one of their employees do it, but that employee is doing it on behalf of Coca-Cola or it could be a contractor, but in either case it's an agent. Um, and Let's see. I'll take I'll take the next part of that. Okay. Um, the next question was, is is the ultimate contract, the bytecode itself or the English language source code interpretation via an Internet tool? Because because Andy mentioned that the smart contracts get audited by whom or is it software? So, you know, there's not an easy answer to that question, um, Tony. The um, in the case of this particular transaction we just did, right, the smart contract represents the transaction itself. It's less of a contract in the way that we think of a legal contract because there, there's nothing other than what was listed in the description terms there's really nothing else that has to be done or that's that has to happen for the transaction um so the the english language part of it is going to be relevant if someone were to if the buyer of this nft were to go out and try to use it in a way that contradicts what the the limitations we put in the description that's going to be a breach of contract case based on the English English language description that we that we used in in the posting of the NFT. Uh, in some instances, the smart contract itself is going to have future performance um, for things that it has to do. Remember, the smart contract is a computer program, so there may be situations where it's a combination of the two. Smart contract is probably really not the best phrase. In fact, the guy who originally coined the phrase, Nick Sabo, who is one of sort of the godfathers of of, of blockchain has been quoted as saying that he wished he didn't he didn't use that phrase because it's it's confusing it's a contract in the terms of affecting a transaction but less so in the terms of a, a, a legal agreement as we would think about it and do you think we have time for one more andy or should we and and the one uh, i think we're we're over now why don't we go ahead and and i don't know if john wants to sum up but we can we can respond to uh the people here who have registered and and get and answer some of these questions, which we'll we'll do as soon as we can. Yeah, I think that's that's a great idea, Andy. I think we'll we'll let everyone go. We'll we'll take a look at the chat box and and uh, we'll follow up with you individually uh, to answer some of your questions. Look, I just wanted to close out here and thank all of you for joining us. Um, thanks also to Larry for showing some love to our our new NFT. Appreciate that. And uh, look, a special thank you to the, my NFT task force colleagues for their efforts today and insights, really interesting stuff. And especially to Catherine and Andy for pulling this thing together. 
um, and getting our NFT launched. And I, and I would be remiss if I didn't thank our Foley marketing and tech personnel who help us pull all of this together. Just so you know, this presentation will be available for viewing soon. Um, it'll be on our NFT task force page and we will send out a link um, and a notice to you all um, when that goes up. And, and before you go, I, I do just want to put a plug in for our, our next plan program, which is going to be led by Laura Ganoza down in Miami, who you, you met here today. Um, and that one's going to have a little bit of a different take. We're going to, Laura leads the fashion apparel and beauty industry team. So we're going to take a, a, a sort of narrow focus on how NFTs are affecting that space in uh, the commercial world. Uh, but we'll have more details. That's coming together. And, and uh, when we have more details and an invite, we'll certainly have it out there. Um, so look, if you have any other questions, please feel free to follow up with any of us um, you know, in the group here. And we'll do our best to respond to those questions that have been posed uh, throughout the program. And uh, in the meantime, thanks again for being here. And we look forward to seeing you all again real soon. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.